It's your Wednesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to have you guys back for another day. I got a lot to get to. We're going to cover almost every single sport that's in season on this show. It feels like going to get Randy Johnson on to talk a little bit of gopher football and gopher hockey later in this show. Also, we'll get a visit from Gophers women's golfer Mariana Mesones. She shot a 64 the other day, broke the school record, the 18-hole record, and then a week later broke it again with a 62. She's just a freshman from Peru. Had to find out more about her story, so I will play that interview with her in just a little bit as well. Hope you enjoy that. And I've got a Vikings thought at the end of the show as well. Team is 3-1 and one playing the Bears on Sunday. We'll have more Vikings content probably later in the week. Hoping to get Ben Gessling back on after his trip back from London. But first, what did I miss? Okay, so this is going to kind of be an extended, I don't know if you call it a rant, but it would be an extended discussion of three different teams here at the jump. Number one, got to start with the Twins. So the only real drama left in this season, of course, is the batting batting race Yankees fans upset that Luis Arias had maybe taken some time off to rest his injured hamstring god forbid someone with an injury doesn't play in a, a game or two but Rise back in the lineup went one for four on Tuesday his average now 315 Aaron Judge who is battling Luis Arias for the batting title more importantly trying to win the triple crown hit a home run hit home run number 62 setting the American League record, now number seven all-time in single-season home runs. Um, Fantastic season for Aaron Judge. Um, Again, I've talked on the show a little bit about how the the American League record doesn't mean too much to me. I get people are mad about the steroid era. I'm still mad about the steroid era, but those are facts. Those numbers still stand in the record books. Barry Bonds hit 73 one year. Um, which is 11 more than Aaron Judge has right now. By the way, I looked it up. Um, speaking of Aaron's, Aaron Rodgers um, is the all-time leader in NFC touchdown passes in a season with 48, for those of you who are enthusiasts about half of a league. But anyway, not to take anything away from Aaron Judge's season, Aaron Judge is having a phenomenal, unbelievable season, and if not for Luis Arias, would probably be winning the Triple Crown. But Judge is now at 311, and it's more like 310.5. So he's like 4.5 points now, behind a rise going into the final day of the regular season. So looking like Luis Rise will hold on to that pending something really wild happening in the finale. And good for Luis Rise. Unfortunate for Aaron Judge, but you know what? Aaron <laughs> Luis Rise got more hits. That's just kind of how the batting titles usually determined. So that is that. Now, what I also want to say about the twins though is this. They put out a lineup at one point after some of the starters were lifted on Tuesday that it was just barely comprehensible. Listen to this defensive alignment. I think I saw this from uh, from CJ Fogler tweeting it out. Um, was not paying that close of attention to the game. Infield, Nick Gordon at third, Palacios at short, Billy Hamilton at second base, Caleb Hamilton at first base. Had an all-Hamilton um, right side of the infield. Could have put Alexander Hamilton out there. I don't think it would have mattered. Ryan Jeffers catching, Jake Cave in left, uh, Gilberto Celestino in center, and Matt Walner in right field. That is, as a Twitter commenter who, who said that, uh, Greg said, saw a better lineup at Cedar Rapids this summer. I mean, this is an unbelievable 
um, display for a team that was just a month ago tied for first place in this division. What a fall this team has made, and we'll get into more of that on uh, on Thursday's show with Lavelle E. Neal III joining me to talk some twins. I'll also have Jerry Zagoda on that show to talk loons. The twin collapse, uh, those two teams, but the loons still have something to play for this weekend. A chance to still make the postseason. The twins obviously don't. Their season mercifully coming to a close on Wednesday. But as one team goes out to come in, Wolves and Wild both played preseason games on um, on Tuesday night. And I, this is the other thing I got to mention. So Wolves beat uh, beat the Heat. Wild lost to the Blues. I think Wild Twitter seemed to have things in proper perspective that this is just the preseason. Maybe it's because this wasn't their first preseason game. Maybe things were a little bit more noticeable when they played their opener. But my goodness. Wolves fans, I love you. I think this is going to be a good season. I wrote about this on Tuesday. I think NBA GMs in this uh, you know, annual NBA.com survey, I think they're undervaluing the Timberwolves right now. But, man, let's just tone it down off, to, off of one preseason game. Everybody's, you know, Anthony Edwards, oh, he looks great. Jalen Noel, uh, Jaden McDaniels. Like, it's, it's one preseason game against the Heat backups. Like, let's calm down a little bit. Like, be excited about the season, but have some perspective. I know you're happy to have basketball back, but this is just the preseason. Carl Anthony Towns didn't play. Rudy Gobert didn't play. D'Angelo Russell didn't play. There's a reason, because this doesn't matter all that much. What matters is a few weeks from now, a few months from now, going into the playoffs, things like that. That's what matters this season. So yeah, I get it. Go ahead. Go get excited. I'm not trying to, you know, damper anybody's enthusiasm what i am saying is this have some perspective wolves twitter please have some perspective i'm not i know you're not great at that i know it's uh, it's all life or death with 82 games this season but please work on this a little bit you're gonna have to do a little bit more to control yourselves as these preseason games goes along there's gonna be more than just this one there's gonna be more you know no more dunks from the 12th guy on the roster that you can get excited about but maybe just maybe save some of that energy for the regular season Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Bring in Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune right now. Randy covers gopher football, but you also might know he covers gopher hockey as well. A dual sport writer, aren't you, Randy? Not not quite a dual sport athlete in that same vein, but uh, you you can cover both these teams quite adeptly. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many tools I got in the toolbox, but I, I try to cobble it together, I guess. You've got at least two. You got a, you're at least a two-tool player. Um, <laughs> you got the gopher football. You got the hockey. We're going to talk about both of those because they're both interesting right now. Gopher men's hockey opened their season last weekend, but I got a big series coming up here starting Friday against Minnesota State Mankato. But let's, let's talk football first, Randy, even though they're on a bye this week. Probably comes at a pretty good time for them, kind of regroup after that disappointing loss to Purdue, twenty to ten, on Saturday at a you know the full stadium, everything kind of you know leading up to a point where they could be five and zero going into the break, really take you know take control of the Big Ten West, and instead 
they, you know, I don't know if it's whether they were flat, whether Purdue is maybe better than better than we thought they were. Some combination of all those things. What did you see from them in that loss? Yeah, it really was. Uh, they, they came out flat. They just, it just, they just seemed to be off all, all around. I, and obviously, uh, not having Mo Ibrahim available to, to play that that hurt him a lot. That you really did do see how much he, he how valuable he is to that offense. How he can, how he keeps the chains moving. How he breaks tackles. Uh, without him there, they they struggled in that area. And when when they don't have their running game going, it, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough afternoon for them. Uh, they, you know, they they like to play this complimentary football where running game sets up the pass and vice versa. And all along, they keep the ball and keep the defense off the field. Steven, not one play exemplified all that, but if you had to point at one thing, even though they do get eventually back to 10-10, it's that decision early on to go for it on fourth and one from their own, I believe, 29, maybe somewhere in their own territory at least, and P.J. Flex trying to light a fire trying to say, hey, <clears throat> we got to be able to get a yard here. They're already down 7 nothing, I believe, after Purdue goes length of the field on their first drive. What, what did you think of, of that in the context of kind of what P.J. Fleck wants to kind of do with this team and, and wants to be able to run the ball, but also kind of, to me, felt just a little desperate in that situation, like a, a coach who really wanted this to be their moment and was trying to influence a game in maybe a way that he shouldn't have. Yeah, I think he, you know, he admitted he was trying to get a spark. And he, he defended his his call. I I, I disagree with the call. It, I mean, it just I just didn't think it was the time to do that. And it, it uh, uh, the uh, the downside of it was too too high in my opinion. And they ended up you know ended up costing three points. Yeah, that that was there were three really big uh, uh, plays that uh, went didn't go their way that uh, pretty much set the tone. Yeah, that that was one of them. Uh, Matthew Trickett missing a 28-yard field goal attempt. That's another than than the one right before halftime, where it, you you just knew it wasn't going to be their day when when the the ball goes through Mike Brown Stevens' hands off his chest and into a defensive back's arm in the end zone. You know, basically a 14-point four, uh, swing right there on that one. They get a touchdown there, basically, and then the, the other two. So it was just not not a not a good deal for them. Like I said, though, they did get back to 10-10 in the third quarter. And, you know, and really good teams, I'm not saying they're not a really good team, but really good teams do have the habit of, even when they're not playing all that well, even when it seems like it's not their day, if they can get it back to a point where it's winnable again, in which the Gophers did, those teams find a way to win those games. What what is What was it that kept them, you think, from getting to that kind of next level and saying, okay, this wasn't really our day, but we're going to grind out a 20 to 13 or 20 to 17 win and just move on with it and, and, and get that W any way we can. I think it was just a matter that the offense just couldn't sustain their, their second half drives after that touchdown. They just didn't get anything going that puts the defense back out there and the defense uh, eventually bent too much. And then they gave up that, give up a long uh, 28 yard pass that set up, set up the go ahead score and then gave up that, uh, that long, uh, that long touchdown or that long run that set up another touchdown. And they obviously have time to regroup here. And obviously in the big 10 West, anything is still possible. They're still tied with pretty much everybody else uh, for first place in the big 10 West, big 10 West. We've talked about is interesting. This season got more interesting over the weekend. I mean, Wisconsin fires their head coach, Paul Chris, we find out that's like an $11 million buyout. Um, Iowa loses again. I mean, Illinois, the team that beat Wisconsin, looks like they're 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 going to be you know, a, a force to be reckoned with, and that's that's next up for the Gophers, right? Yeah, after the bye week, they go to they go to Champaign, so that's 
you know, that's a big, big physical team that, uh, you know, that has pounded Wisconsin pretty good. And um, Brett Bielma has not lost to the Gophers yet. So they upset him last year here. And uh, so the Gophers, you know, I think the buy comes at a good time there. Uh, you get, you get Ibrahim healthy and you also, you know, you, you get, you get a chance to regroup like you were saying, but also, Hey, you're going to face a, a big physical team. Um, you you got to reestablish yourself, I guess, is, is, is how I put it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, this kind of feels like, do we need to reset expectations at this point? Because, you know, if you win, you win the Purdue game and you go into that five and zero, you're thinking, OK, they, they, you know, you feel better about the Illinois game. Now it's like well, Illinois just drilled Wisconsin. You got to go there. Then you got to go to Penn State like you're, you're staring down. And I know these guys take it one at a time. I get that. But you're kind of staring down the possibility of, you know, instead of all these positive vibes from the start of the year in this winning streak, you're staring on the possibility of a losing streak when you start to look at what's ahead. Yeah. You know, you, you got, I guess they got to shake that off. You know, they got to shake that loss off and basically not, you know, I, like I, I said, not everything has been lost this season. Obviously they no. were a national run there, but with their four and all start and, and especially beating Michigan state the way they did now, Michigan state went out and got beat by Maryland too. So it's, you know, you kind of look at that one a little bit differently, maybe, but it was a very good performance by the Gophers at the time. Um, yeah, I, you know, this, this team still has a lot of potential. I, I still think they have a good shot to win the West. It's they just lost a, a big chunk of their, uh, you know, margin for error there with with the loss to Purdue. Absolutely. Well, with them off this weekend, gives us a little bit of time to put the spotlight on the Gophers men's hockey team. Like I said, a home and away series against Minnesota State Mankato. That one at. Three at Mariucci on Friday, then down in Mankato on Saturday. Gophers opened over this past weekend. Looks like Logan Cooley is uh, is everything as advertised, at least so far. Would he have four points, be a Big Ten first star of the week? Um, he's going to be a big part of what they're trying to do this year. Yeah, number three overall draft pick. You know, he, he lived up to the to that billing on, fr- on Friday and Saturday. Um, yeah, it looked you know very creative. Um, you know, it was. Uh, it was it was a series. I didn't didn't see a, a, a ton of it on on Friday, but I or, or Saturday. And I watched a good chunk on Sunday. Um, basically, uh, Sunday they they had a game on their hands. Uh, Linden won, uh, played played very well and had had the lead uh, for a while there, and it was four four going going in the third period. So it uh, they had to work a bit, um, a little shaking goal at times in debut, but um, you know they they were able to pull it out. I mean that the talent showed up and. Got you. Got them the W. I, it was interesting listening to Bob Motzko afterward. It was. It was. You know, he, he had to kind of remind the guys that you just can't can't play offense. You have to play hockey. Also. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, if you're four four going into the third period, that's probably good evidence that you were maybe getting a little bit loose. Uh, for those who aren't terribly familiar with Cooley's game, aside from the creativity, what what's kind of what stands out to you is is kind of the, his calling card or how he's going to succeed at this level. Yeah, I just think he he's puts himself in the right place at all, all, all at all times. You know, he, he's going to be around the puck. He's he's going to be creative with it. Um, he 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 can set the other people up. You know, just all around game is just you know highly skilled. It, it's you know, I freshman you got to look back. Maybe their best freshman to come in here since Bill Kessel. Wow, so that that long ago and that good, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's an argument last year with Matthew Nice. He's off, off, off obviously off pretty good, so. Yeah, well, in last year's team, you know, he had a lot of success with that squad. Where where do you think this team kind of slots in in the in the pecking order? What what sort of aspiration should they have big picture this year? Oh, I, I think that they should be. You know, their aspiration should be frozen for and contending for a national title. I mean, it's 
they're going to have to the 11 freshmen. So they're going to have to uh, work them in and it's going to be, there, there'll be some growing pains a little bit, you know, but they're, it's a very talented class. So they're, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, frozen four is, is something they should, should consider, uh, you know, something that they should, they should uh, attain if, you know, if they play the way they can. What are the biggest question marks for them aside from youth? Uh, I would say, you know, uh, it's a tough one there, but, uh, you know, goaltending at times, you know, do they have the guy who, who can shut it down? Uh, winning the big games in the, in the tournament. Uh, they had some of that out of Justin Close last year, and I, I think he should be pretty good this year. Um, things like that, you know, just, yeah, will they, how will they handle uh, the tight games? I think that's something they, we need to know. Obviously, they have a you know, incredibly talented defense, of course, so that, that should help in those situations. I, you know, I think, you know, guys like Brock Faber, uh, Jackson Lacombe, they'll help bring those those young guys uh, up and get them, you know, by it's such a long season. By the end of the season, they those youngsters should be uh, pretty good. Do you sense the momentum for this program, not necessarily from a, you know, from a performance standpoint, but from a fan standpoint, or are they kind of back on a little bit of an upswing here just based on the performances they've had, some of these, you know, high draft picks like Cooley coming in, like people excited to go watch this team? Because I, I, I sense a little bit more buzz than maybe I've seen in some of the past years. Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, when when yeah, when when you get a, a guy like Cooley, uh, uh, number three overall draft pick, the people are going to want us to go see that. Um, when you have the success they did making the Frozen Four last year, um, right? Basically, down the stretch and in, in the Big Ten tournament, they'll they'll pretty much fill in the place. Um, so that's you know that that's a good sign. Um, you know, we'll have a. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be a pretty uh, a good crowd on Friday for for the game against the Mavericks. Uh, then later in the month, they have North Dakota coming in. We know that that'll be uh, that'll be uh, very festive and a, a full crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot to look forward to with that team. A lot to watch this weekend, even with the football team idle. And you have plenty to watch as the month goes on as well. Randy, good stuff. Go take a little bit of time off. I know it's hard this time of year, but uh, enjoy the bye weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. The one thing I love about Randy Johnson is that he could he could talk go for hockey pretty much for he could fill up an entire episode five days a week talking about go for hockey. He loves hockey. He did the puck drop um, you know site uh, within the StarTribune.com. Does a great job covering go for football too. But I believe that hockey is one of his main passions. So I love talking hockey with Randy. Should be a great series this weekend. Gophers against Minnesota State Mankato. A good early season test for the Gophers. And like Randy said, North Dakota still to come later this month as well. So some good, you know, non-conference action for the Gophers before they get into Big Ten play. All right, I'm happy to be joined right now by Mariana Misones, golfer for the Gophers women's golf team. Um, Mariana, I got to say, I'm pretty blown away by what you've done already this year as a freshman. I saw two weekends ago, you set a school record. You shot a 64. I believe that was in the final round of a tournament. And then, um, not to outdo yourself, but you did. Oh, the very next weekend, you break that record with a 62. What? Uh, how, how do you, uh, first of all, welcome, and how do you kind of explain this uh, this 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 run that you're on already so far to start your 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 freshman season. Um, thank you for having me first. Um, so before the two big tournaments that I had, I had a really tough first tournament as a freshman. Um, I want to like. 
thank my coaches that they never give up on me. And that helped me a lot to believe myself and trust in my game and like perform what I was working through since I was four years old. Um, I feel like these two events that I set the course records in both uh, Sundays um, has proven me myself what I can accomplish um, and representing the maroon and gold, it's another level and inspires me to get better every single day. When you're, you know, when you're in a round, when you start a round well, or at what point do you feel like I could really go low today? Or you do, at what point do you kind of sense that you might have a special round going? I feel since the moment I wake up, to okay. be honest, um, just put my favorite music and start pump and you know what, set myself to like, today is going to be an awesome day and we just going to go out there and kill it. Actually, uh, last Sunday, um, I was made three birdies in a row to be five under and I said, you know what, it's going to be another eight under par round today. And like, I managed to do it and I'm super proud of myself. You mentioned you've been playing since you're four years old. Is that correct? Yeah, I have been playing golf since I was four. How did you get started? Was there an influence in your life that, you know, is maybe got you along that track? Um, my best friend put me into golf. And then since there, I found myself in a good environment and connection. Um, I have gotten to travel all over the world and meet a lot of people. So it's very fun playing this sport. And you're from Peru originally, and that's where you got your start in golf and played there for quite some time. I saw you're still, you've been on some Peruvian national teams, things like that. Um, what What is, golf is kind of the same everywhere, but what was it like having your beginnings there and, and, and growing up on courses there? I feel like courses back home is more of like the southern courses here in the U.S., um, I feel like I perform really good, as you saw in Virginia and South Carolina. I sure. perform good. It's my um, biggest part of my game. Um, I feel like um, since a young like start at my sport, I have been like working hard and playing tournaments. I represent my national team. Had a lot of experience that, and now in college, I feel like it's a new world. But I'm so excited to like play and represent the maroon goal. Now you went from Peru to a prep school and then you are here now. I'm always curious to just kind of learn people's stories, understand their path. How do you, how did that, how did that journey work for you? Actually, um, I moved from t Peru to Tampa to Salbrook Preparatory School. Okay. It's a golf and tennis academy and I feel like they really, um, my change from being from countries and like different um, continents was hard. Um, first of all, with the language to make friends. But you know what, like golf, I had in, something in common with them and it was golf. And I went there for a purpose that it was to get better at my sport and to accomplish my goals. So I never took my mind out of that and continued to move forward. And now here I am performing my best. <laughs> what was the process then of getting, you know, recruited by the Gophers, recruited by the U of M? I mean, it's Minnesota's a long way from Peru. A lot of places are a long way from Peru and once you're in the U.S., but how did you wind up here? Uh, I ended up here um, 
I reached out Coach Real. She was very nice. And since the moment I sent her the email, I was so confident and so welcoming, but not only her, but the entire team, my recruit visit, the, my teammates, we're so um, strong. We're always together. Then I say, hey, I really want to be here. I feel like this is a family and we are all together to be successful. So I will, I literally came here and I say, hey, I'm going to commit to the University of Minnesota and I will play for them. A couple more questions for you. Appreciating your time, Mariana. Um, you just talked about some of your teammates. How, how do you feel like you have kind of gotten yourself into you know, knowing the personalities on the team, how do you feel like you fit in, not just from a golf standpoint, but from just a, a personality standpoint? Well, I feel like us, um, we're seven girls in our team. We're a small team, and I feel that it is amazing. We do everything together. We go shopping. We just talk about life. Practices is amazing. We just put country music, and we just vibe. Coaches are just wonderful. We get along so well. We're like everyone. We're like sisters, and I feel like we every single day put you push each other to get better in not only golf, but in just life in general. And then I guess the last logical question for you is you've shot a 64 and a 62 already. I don't expect that every weekend, but you know, what, what goals do you have? What, where, where can you go from here after such a great start? Well, um, as a team, we're very pumped to go to regionals and classify for um, NCAA's um, nationals. We're working towards that, and I feel like individually, yes, like I have been getting second place the last two tournaments, so I'm really pumped to get first place in the next one coming up. Well, if you keep shooting that low, I'm sure you will. Um, Mariana Masones, appreciate your time so much. Thanks for joining me here today, and uh, good luck with the rest of the season, okay? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed getting a chance to chat with Mariana a little bit there. You know, just Something different for the show. We, we grind so hard on Vikings, Twins, you know, all the pro sports teams, go for football, go for basketball, every, everything, you know, all the national stories, things like that. Sometimes it's good to just kind of take a step back and say, you know what, sometimes there's just a really good story out there. When the, you reached out to me earlier this week and said, hey, you, you interested in trying to have this golfer on? She shot a 64 and then she shot a 62. I'm like, heck yeah, let's do that. So hope you guys enjoyed that and uh, you know start of a great career for her i'm sure only uh, only more good things to come for her and this gopher women's golf team that uh, that finished second at their last tournament by the way at that same tournament that uh, that she shot uh, that, that that mariana shot the 62 another freshman isabella mccauley shot a 63 uh on the day so that uh, that that's some pretty good young talent for the gophers right now as they as they work their way up the big 10 ranks Let's finish with the cooler. I mentioned this at the start of the show. I had a Vikings thought the other day. I listened to the entirety of Kevin O'Connell's news conference. I think it was Monday, the day after they got back from London. I think he had a lot of interesting things to say. But a lot of what seems to be being talked about right now is give this team a little time, have a little patience. And I think there's value in that. I think there's truth in that. Um, but I also um, I want to be impatient this weekend. I want to see... The Vikings absolutely destroy a really bad Bears team this week. Vikings favored by seven in this game. I know the Bears are two and two wins over the 49ers and Texans. Lopsided loss to the Packers, and they lost to the Giants on Sunday. I don't think they've played 
great all year. I don't think the offense has really done much all year, and that should be the case again. They can stop some people on defense, but you know what? Vikings should be able to put up mid-20s in points, maybe more than that. I want to see the Vikings win this game by 14, 21, something like that. I want this to be a no-doubter. I, I, You know, you don't get style points at the end of the year. Maybe it doesn't matter so much at the end of the year, but for confidence, for feeling good about where this team is at, I don't want to see them just squeak this one out. I, I don't think they'd feel good. I don't think I would feel good. I don't think any fan would feel good if they got to 4-1, and one, but they were unimpressive again against the Bears. I, I think style does matter a little bit this weekend to, to see, you know, they haven't played a good game since they beat the Packers uh, in the opener. They, they've, they've won these last two games with, with some timely plays at the end, some good fortune, certainly against the Saints with some questionable penalties, with the, the double-doink field goal, things like that. Like, this is just a team that, you know, Three and one is what their record says they are. I, I know that, and I think that's. I think we can believe that to be true. You know, they they've banked three wins, and, and only one of them was really impressive. But I think they need to see themselves play better to know that they're on the right track, to know they're on the right path. Because things are going to get tougher at a certain point in the season. They're going to play better teams. The things that you know, they're going to need a better effort, a more well-rounded effort, especially on offense, to win some of these games. So that is my kind of. It's not even a hot take. This is just my my. As thinking about this game, just like they gotta. I want to see them just. I want to see them win. It doesn't have to be a blowout. I just want to see them control a game from start to finish. Where you're like, this one is never in doubt. The way the Saints game started and probably should have gone until they let them back into it. I want to see that continued out for four quarters against Chicago before I'm really fully invested in believing this is a good team or at least a team that can get to the playoffs. If they kind of stumble their way through another game like this even if they win and get to four and one I'm still thinking seven or eight wins might be their ceiling based on how things might go the rest of the year but if they could put something together in this game make themselves feel good about themselves get a more convincing win that would tell me a little bit more about where they are at right now I'm sure I'll ask Ben Gessling about that later in the week, see what his thoughts on that are. Tomorrow, like I said, Lavelle E. Neal third to talk Twins, Jerry Zagoda to talk Minnesota United. Big weekend for the Loons. Can they get into the postseason? All they need is a tie, but even ties have been hard to come by for them lately. That's it for me today. I'm Michael Rand. Thanks for listening. Back at it again tomorrow.